0: Your tonton will freeze before you reach the first marker. Then I'll see you in hell. To the Beyond the First Marker podcast Beyond the First Marker is a podcast That explores the greater Star Wars universe And how to represent themed characters Units and battles on the Star Wars Legion Tabletop This will involve digging into the rules And sharing modeling options to make your favorite units A playable reality We are an Australian based podcast And will be regularly chatting with members Of the Australian Legion community And the larger global community
1: Thank you for joining us All right, we're back. This is Beyond the First Marker podcast, and I'm your co-host Drew Barker. With me, as always, is Low Brad. Low Brad, how you doing tonight? Good, brother. How you doing? Uh oh, tired. <laughs> <laughs> what do you
0: mean, being a <laughs> being a primary school teacher in one of the more locked a, locked down cities on the planet, uh, and doing remote teaching with multiple children at home? That's not exhausting at all, is it?
1: No, not at all. No. Uh, uh, so, folks, if
0: you've been wondering what we've been up to, um, well, Cast Ice has been chugging along largely because it's a solo endeavor involving me and a Skype connection. But um, it's been it's been a little crazy in Melbourne town if you haven't been uh, paying attention to the old Australian uh, uh, COVID meta, I guess. Uh, and so, for us, uh, there hasn't been much game playing, uh and a lot, and there's been absolutely no seeing anyone else. So. Uh, it's been a very solo experience, would you say?
1: Yeah. Um, we did... Look, since the last episode came out, which which I checked was in early May... Um, Jeez. So Sorry, guys. I, I guess that's our excuse, though. But um, we did have a few weeks of freedom um, in June, mm-hmm. and a little bit into July, um, uh, where we did open up. I mean, and But then we've been... Uh, as of, um, what, 7th of July, I think, we've mm-hmm. been back under lockdown and we've stepped up a couple weeks ago. So, um, yeah, we are, we are uh, confined to
0: our homes right now. And we played a game since uh, the last time we recorded. Weirdly, (laughs) if
1: it's that, it's been that long, (laughs) we did get a game in. Um, and that was, uh, you and I, we, we We had a, um, a skirmish battle. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think I tried out my, your uh, purge troopers troopers for the first time. And, um, Anakin slash Obi-Wan, he just charged straight ahead and got shot. Well, I mean, it,
0: it, to be fair, we did play. So we played a skirmish style game. And um, because you have yet to have time to paint up your full purge army. And I wanted to try out my galactic marines, uh, which we will be talking about later in this episode. Was super keen to play them. Uh, but because I don't have the clone parts to make my painted Snowtroopers uh, clones yet. Uh, I used the Galactic Marines as snowtroopers, ironically, because that's what the models originally were. Uh, and um, we were playing on a on the interior of a, a starship. It was almost like a boarding action where you were trying to board uh, an Imperial starship and the Galactic Marines uh, tried to repel you. Uh, and it was uh, using a Zone Mortalis board for from Warhammer, um, except it was a third party with extra Star Wars-y bits thrown in to make it look like the inside of an old rusty ship, which I know isn't very Imperial, but, you know, whatever. Um, it was spacey. Okay, guys. Uh, but it was a lot of fun and it was great. Unfortunately, it was also tight corridors, confined places. And I had a bunch of snowtroopers with flamethrowers. So that may not have been great for you. Um, in retrospect, I'm very sorry about that.
1: <laughs> I do remember my, my bark having a pretty good time. Yes. Just sort of almost like, um, almost like a xenomorph, you know, like just sort of skidding across, like, across the edge of a corridor and mm-hmm. taking a pot shots before disappearing out of view and showing up somewhere else just because it moved so fast.
0: Yeah, it was actually really, it was super cinematic and a lot of fun. Uh, I think also dice were absolutely in my uh, wheelhouse of that particular game. Uh, but I'm looking forward to uh, fielding the Galactic uh, Marines as actual clones, and we'll talk about how I'm going to do that later in this episode. But, That's happening uh, today. Yeah. Who would have learned? Um
1: But I actually, I've actually had two other games um, in that, that window of opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and I had a game against uh, a friend of mine, Matt, um, who he, he and I played Warhammer for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'd be a gaming buddy for a long time. And he has a fully painted, possibly two fully painted Legion armies, but he doesn't play very much. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had, a, we had a little skirmish there, which was fun. And I also got down to see um, uh, Marcus from the Frankston store and we played a, we played a non-skirmish game, which was a mistake because it ended up being like one o'clock on a work night (laughs) Mm. (laughs) I got home, like, whoops, Um, but it was still, still, uh, still a great, great game. Um, And Marcus gave me a few things whilst, whilst I was there, um, which We've talked about games then maybe i'll sort of uh segue into hobby if that's okay with you. yeah i had it man um so the main thing i've been working on um was that marcus gave me the he printed all parts to the uh, thingiverse set of um camino towers structures um i know there was a kickstarter for a camino set um but there was also a free set going on in thingiverse um so that's marcus right. printed everything f- like Printed prototypes for me of everything. Um, we did consider printing the whole set, but considering each piece was taking a day to print and yeah, no. you know each platform needs 12 pieces plus pylons, So let's say 16 pieces per platform. Um, and then I'm aiming for seven platforms for, for a skirmish table. Yeah, no. So
0: like I, <laughs> no. I couldn't
1: demand that much of his time and his printing time. So um, he printed prototypes for me. And I have made molds of all of them, and I will be casting them up in plaster. And I've almost finished plaster casting all the um, the platform pieces. That's uh,
0: crazy, man. Because I mean, it, plaster is it's a it's a great forgiving material. Uh, you can always patch it up before you paint it, and it's great as far as that goes. But it
1: it, it it's heavy. It's yeah, it's heavy. <laughs> Very heavy. Very heavy. Um, so I think once I finish the table, it's going to be donated to a to a store because I, I can't keep that. There's nowhere that I could put that. It's, it's, it's heavy and bulky. Um, hopefully, hopefully it looks nice and it's not so awkward to play on, that people will actually play on it. Um, but you mad bastard, you're lighting it, aren't you? You're adding
0: light effects as well. Yes.
1: So I, um, I bought some, I've been playing around with LEDs, which I, I've talked about in the past, but something I found since our last, since our last episode, um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure I used the party on this is electroluminescent wire. I believe that's what it what it stands for. Mm-hmm. EL wire, and it's the stuff that you see on like cosplayers, and they they and they do like the sort of glowing piping on clothing. Nice. Um, that stuff you can buy. Um, I think for about five or ten bucks, you can buy one or two meters of the stuff with the appropriate USB attachment and inverter or whatever. It, it, it needs an AC signal, but mm-hmm. – so it, it runs off USB, which means you can have it either plugged into a wall or running off a, a phone power bank, um, and it's just a glowing wire. And in fact, in fact, it's so skinny that, that it would actually make a really good lightsaber um, just if you just had like an inch of it, although well, there's, there's way too much power – and electronics to, um, to hide it within a base. So for that reason, yeah, I was going to say how much would you, I mean, yeah, yeah. But if you had it for a diorama, for example, it would be a great lightsaber effect. Um, cool. But anyway, that's what I'm using. Um, it's, so that'll be, the pylons will be lit and the main platforms will be lit. Um, but it was getting too fiddly to try and light the, um, the platforms crossing. So the bridges crossing between platforms, platforms. So, Maybe that's uh, for another time. But for now, that's what's coming off. Um, I am still well away from completing that project, but I've got a big box full of plaster pieces just sitting on my balcony, um, just hoping that they dry out a bit. Yeah. Um, probably would probably should have done this in the summer, but anyway. Anyway,
0: exactly. uh, it's been
1: it's been it's been my nightly sort of sit down and just watch a show and um do some pause whilst i've been watching it um i did for a moment think that it might be cheaper to or cheap to use plaster um but actually i literally could have bought myself a printer for the price for the, for the amount i've spent on silicon the plaster is cheap good the, the like the top quality plaster is cheap you get 20 kilos of the stuff for 35 bucks or something it's wow. it's, it's not a problem silicon is not cheap so to make the molds, that's where my money has gone, which is a shame because the mold is the part that I probably don't use as much once I'm finished. Yeah. Um, if someone else wants them, they can have them. But um,
0: Now, is that something that you could theoretically, and I know, I know this is probably uh, a pointless task since you already have it in, in plaster, but does that same silicon work if you wanted to, say, resin cast it?
1: Definitely, yes. Um, the only two... The only two reasons I wouldn't, uh, one resin uh, resin causes silicon molds to deteriorate pretty quickly, and so you, right. you probably I don't know how many pores you get before you started to get you know tears and mm-hmm. and uh, bubbles and stuff. So silicon does not last long. Last long for resin. Resin is also really expensive. Um, oh, I so don't know that. twenty kilos of plaster. Thirty-five bucks for the, for the top for the top quality plaster, mm-hmm. like dental plaster. Um, a kilo of resin is about thirty or forty bucks.
0: Ooh,
1: yeah, that, and, that's a big difference. And I mean, to be fair, resin is less dense, so one kilo of resin will do more than one kilo of plaster. But I think but, I would be yeah. spending hundreds of dollars on resin if I tried to put, cast it all in resin. So, yeah, I. Did not cast it in resin. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want. The, the other thing I like about plaster, though, is that it's because it's porous, and there's there's some interesting washing paint techniques. Which, so rather than rather than doing the sort of traditional undercoat or, or prime then paint, um, if you just wash it and then seal it, um, if you're happy with grays, which which I am, mm-hmm. then it can actually do a pretty good job of that.
0: Oh, that's fantastic! I didn't know that
1: uh so i'll be i'll be playing around with painting as well then i have to figure out my water techniques for the bases mm. and uh the original plan was to do a, a, a fixed board um but that's just gonna be madness like, yeah like a, a meter by meter fully modeled wave board with platforms on it first of all i don't know how i'm going to get it anywhere Yeah, it's not going to fit anywhere uh and it would be probably close to 50 kilos to to carry around. That's just unbelievable. Yeah. So I'm making the towers on standalone towers with model wave bases um, and then uh, bridges to connect them.
0: Nice. Well, have you, I mean, that's all sort of macro scale Legion. Um, Have you done any regular micro scale Legion?
1: Uh, Yeah, I have. Yeah. What have you been up to? I, so I think between our last episode and the first lockdown ending, I was working on a saber tank. Um,
0: That's right. Which
1: I was taking a fair while to do that because I'm, I'm putting LEDs through, through, through all through it. Of course. Um, I <laughs> yes. think it's been a while since I worked it up. I think I was maybe up to like eight LEDs, like throughout the whole tank. Awesome. So I had some, like some LEDs on the, on the sort of the hover panels or like the, the, um, the anti-grab panels. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a few red ones on the tannins and in the windows. And, um, so all those sort of window pieces I cut out and replaced with clear panels, um, with LEDs behind them. So just sort of sort of get some glowing hatches. Um, and because it's got so much hollow space inside it, it actually looks quite good for, um, for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. um, I have painted up. I think I finished painting a, a second Vader model, which someone nicely gave gave to me. Hey, um, <laughs> and based him up to match my purge trooper army. So now I have Anakin and Vader in w- based to match my purge trooper army. So I can be like, I can be historically accurate or. Alternate history, if I want.
0: Now, was that the Vader with the gad? I can't remember which Vader I gave you. Was that this another corset Vader, or is that a corset Vader with the gadzooks bald head?
1: Uh, I think it was a corset Vader.
0: Okay, cool. Just a, so just he a- had a helmet. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he was helmeted. Because nice. um, I found and- another Vader the other day and went, all oh, right, how many <laughs> goddamn Vaders do I own? I still haven't painted any. I still don't have a painted Vader. This is a problem. Anyway,
1: they're in, they're in Vader, your house. Hey, I like where you Sorry. did there. Um, and so he's got a, he's got his LED lightsaber too. Um, although my elevator Vader had that. And the other thing I did was I painted up and, and LED a skull forge, model. So, so good,
0: man. That that is a beautiful piece of kit that you've
1: done there. Oh, thank you. There's a few. Like thinking back now, I've I've posted photos of that. So like that's it's a few months back now. Um, but I, I I'm not sure which era Ahsoka that's that is the, the model for. Like um, I I'm, I can't tell whether it's uh, Clone Wars or Rebels Ahsoka. But I converted her so that she's wearing a, um, a furry cloak. Mm-hmm. So I think it's the one she wears um, when she takes all the younglings to go and get their Kyber crystals. That's right. She's wearing that in, in Clone Wars. Um, I've gone with that. Um, and I, could, I, I sort of sculpted that on her. Um, but I've given her the white lightsabers to match her being a, an adult grey force user so yeah uh, the
0: model itself the master before you started converting it was sort of halfway between her young and her old and so yeah i think that that costume slash those lightsabers is a nice touch to both of those
1: um and she so she matches my my rebel hoth army so um she can be my my luke if uh, if i want to or operative luke or whatever i feel like uh, using cool. Even though I have a link as well, but, yeah. Oh. Um, I was <laughs> – um, I always say dismayed's not the right word, but, like, uh, I, when I saw Skullforger put out all those um, Hoth variants and all the of the, the main trilogy yeah. heroes, I was just like, ah, oh, come on.
0: <laughs> I know. You spent so long making yours, but, uh, man, they do look sweet. <laughs> do. Uh, I, I was looking at them going, Drew's already got those, so we're not going to get those, but, ooh, a Wampa. Yes. Yeah,
1: that's really cool. Oh, can I get a Wampa and somehow like just fit yeah. it on my fit in my army on my base somewhere? There is a
0: a fan Wampa like terrain card that the so the Wampa sort of marauds around the board and is generally a pain in the neck um, to everyone involved. And that oh, yeah. would be that would be cool. That would be awesome to put on the tabletop. Uh, it's by the same guy who did the Sand People and the Rancor. So. I think if we can get the wamp, i am pretty sure he did a Wampa. If we get the Wampa and uh, play some narrative games w- on, on winter boards and have Wampas popping out, that would be amazing. <laughs> oh. yeah. Well, I, um, I've sadly not done a lot of hobby as far as Legion goes. I've been trying to finish a bunch of other projects, uh, and I've been actually super prolific. This is probably the most I've ever painted yeah. in my life. Uh, it's redonkulous. However, um, Legion wise, it's been a little bit dry. That said, I think I mentioned in the last podcast that I was starting a group of Jawas. Uh, I finished the Jawas. Um, I half finished them and then something happened and I never came back to them until I did. Uh, and about two weeks ago, I grabbed the half finished Jawas and said, you know what? I'm finishing these today. And I did. And so I have six Skull Forge painted up uh, Jawas that I'm really happy with that I added to my Scum and Villainy shelf on my shelf, uh, which I'm very excited that I have. Uh, and I got a big uh, pile of printed Skull Forge models again. Uh, In the meantime, and so I've got uh, just an awesome stack of scum and villainy models, including uh, quite a few of the characters from the Jailbreak episode of The Mandalorian, um, including the guy who looks like me, apparently. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I have him. Uh, And, you know, Darth Maul and a bunch of other models that I am absolutely going to paint up, and I'm not sure how it's going to work, but um, now that I have Darth Maul, I'm thinking. Isn't that
1: Mall mine? Did I order
0: that? Uh, we both got a Mall.
1: Ah, okay, uh, there it.
0: are two Malls. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm thinking I will paint up a later version of Mall uh, and use. I mean, if I was going to run um, Scum and Villainy as a Rebel army, I could use Mall as a Luke. Uh, you know, as a as a jumping around Jedi guy, yeah. um, and then I could use. The Jawas, for example, as Rebel Troopers with an Ion gun uh, and just Mm -hmm. paint a dot on the base to say, this is the Ion guy. But since it's a dice pool, I think that works pretty well. Uh, And then, yeah, Yeah. just go from there. Um, See where I end up. I have a bunch of the Weequay heads that I got from Shapeways a while back. Uh, And I just need to—and I have a box of Rebel Troopers. I think I have a couple spare uh, Fleet Troopers in a box somewhere. So um, once I move house again, which is happening soon, yay, uh, I think I'm going to uh, get some green stuff on, and I'm going to take a page out of your book, and uh, I'm going to try and come up with some weak way, uh, just basic dudes, and just uh, come up with some basic troopers and then have some fun with it. But yeah, um, though I haven't been doing tons in the modeling department, Uh, There is I have gotten a few cool things um, due to stores in Melbourne uh, moving and a couple having COVID sales. I was able to get uh, I love Battlefield in a Box uh, by Gale Force Nine uh, as a as a product. I'm a big fan. Uh, I have a lot of their stuff. And so I was able to pick up quite a bit new Battlefield in a Box uh, products. Uh, A couple months ago, and they really flesh out a lot of the Star Wars tables that I already was planning. So I had a lot of the sort of desert mesa tables, uh, sort of desert mesa plateaus, uh, but I didn't have the little matching terrain that went with it. And uh, so now I have those, the little tiny pieces to go with it. Uh, I got two boxes of those, so quite a lot of scattered terrain to add. Uh, And then, as if I didn't have enough, Star Wars Desert terrain, because I also have those awesome uh, buildings by Knights of Dice and a bunch of other, you know, crates and whatnot. I got another two boxes of the Gale Force 9 Star Wars crates, which are awesome and some of my favorite terrain to put on a tabletop. And uh, I got uh, a box of their generators. Uh, So those uh, sort of semicircle generators coming out of the ground, pre-painted, brilliant, right out of the box. And another box of the uh, terrain, sorry, the terminals, like computer terminals. And I need to paint up a couple of um, either holograms to sit in the blank holotanks, or I need to get a couple of like floating globes that I can paint up. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah. So, yeah, really excited. A- Tons of terrain. And as if that's not enough, um, the beautiful Peter West, a uh, good friend of ours, uh, of the show, uh, sent a uh, sand crawler uh, 3D printed to me. Yeah. Uh, and uh, also a friend of the show, Muddy Funster is uh, using his awesome airbrushing skills to paint it for me. Uh, it is almost done. I'm hoping that when lockdown ends, uh, he will hand it off to me, uh, and it is already looking the the business. And I have that is one of the reasons why I painted the Jawas just so I can have Jawas and Droids at the feet of a Sandcrawler on the board when we're playing <laughs> Legion, um, to go with the mesa and the rocks. It it's gonna look great. And so, yeah, very, very excited to put that on the table and to play some games. Uh, so while my my model output for Legion hasn't been amazing, I've got some awesome new tables
1: ready to go. Uh, and,
0: uh, yeah, super excited. So, yeah. um,
1: Just while I'm thinking about it, I think it was since our last cast, but maybe, maybe it was before then, but I didn't mm-hmm. mention it. Um, miniature Scenery, which is a Melbourne-based um, uh company who make mm-hmm. MDF terrain amongst other things. Yes. Um, and I, another of the good companies that do that in Melbourne, um, they put out a, um, they call it direct derelict transport, mm-hmm. um, which is the, uh, the face-planted uh, add app.
0: Yes. In uh, MDF, which, which looks yeah.
1: awesome. And it's, so it's, it's light, it's cheap. You kind of just pop it together and uh, I, I don't have that, but I, I plan to get myself one of those and paint it up all snowy.
0: How many uh, wrecked addats can we have on the table? Because I have the uh, the three D printed one already that uh, Muddy airbrushed for me. So we will have all the wrecked Imperial terrain. Yeah, just need to get a wrecked ATST now.
1: I wonder how the scales match up on the um, on the on that three D print versus the uh, the MDF one.
0: There's only one way to find out. You're gonna have to go buy it. (laughs) Yep. Yep. There you go. We're Right on. So yeah, I um, I think that is what's going on. I also got Eden Verso, and I pulled out my Skullforged um, uh, Inferno Squad, and I have cleaned them, washed them, got everything ready, uh, base-coated them uh, dark, 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 dark gray, and then gave them a black wash, and, uh, and I got Eden to match. And so now I'm just waiting uh, to paint those up and they will be probably on the painting palette after I finish the next round of GI Joes that I'm painting right now. (laughs) Uh, But I also realized when we were playing a game that all of the Galactic Marines, basically every single model that Andy Singleton painted for me, I had gone and put the GW technical mud paint on every base. And though I'd done it neatly, and I think probably because I ne- did it neatly, I had never dry brushed them. And so when we went to play, I realized that the bases just didn't match the rest of my stuff. And like, why is this? Why are they so flat and boring? you know, these beautiful models with like crappy bases. And so I actually went back, dry brushed and retouched up all the bases and ringed the bases black. And yeah, now those models look the, the part. Well, the models always look the part. Now the bases match. So <laughs> that was another bit of a uh, Legion hobby I've been up to. Anyway, that's what we've been up to. And it's 20 minutes in and, uh, God, 20 plus minutes in, and we still haven't even talked trivia, Drew. I believe you're ahead of me.
1: Yeah. Um, I've I could go back and count actual like totals but really it's just the running total the yeah. running difference that we're interested in and last week you started ahead by one point but I clawed my way ahead and now I'm ahead by a point. Yeah. Um so <laughs> by like the minimum number of questions I needed to do that because uh, that's that's some of the feedback I've had is that you and I like we don't do as well at the trivia as some of our listeners.
0: Yeah, Which exactly.
1: Is... <laughs> man, I used curious. to be good
0: at Star Wars trivia. I, I was, I was great at it, and then because I played the decipher card games, and then I don't know what happened. It all went wrong. Ooh.
1: I feel like if I talked to anyone who is, you know, who I don't know is a Star Wars fan, then my Star Wars trivia would just blow them away. But as soon as I talk to someone who who knows about Star Wars, I just like gum up. I'm like, um, uh, uh, man. Yeah.
0: I worked for Games Workshop Corporate way back in the day, and I won a a Star Wars trivia contest with those dudes. And I'm just saying, they know a lot about Star Wars. Yeah, sure. So I'm just,
1: (laughs) at one point, I
0: didn't suck at this. I think it's also because we're, you know, we're put on the spot, but yeah
1: say so back then, there was probably a lot less trivia to know about Star Wars. There really wasn't,
0: there? Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, Drew, I am behind, so uh, I'm going to give you first choice. Do you want to throw out the first question, or do you want me to ask the first question? Look, if I'm
1: I'm defending that I I should take the first question. I think. All right.
0: So, now away. I have to warn you: half of these questions are evil, and the other half are stupidly easy because yeah, that's what I found pers- as well. Yeah. Trivial pursuit. Yay. Um, I have very few good questions on my cards today, uh, and we shall see how we go. Uh, let's start with Who tells uh, Qui Gon Jin that the speediest route from Otagunda Gunda to Theed is a straight through the planet's core?
1: I think you need to say it a bit more, a bit more Hamily blooded core.
0: <laughs> yes. So, Bosnas. Yeah, of course. You got it. <laughs> As I said, these are not great questions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So your first question. How many legs does a power droid use to get around?
0: How many legs does a power droid? Yeah. Uh, I... I'm having trouble thinking what a power droid is. I'm wondering if it's and don't ever. I hear you eye rolling me, audience. Is um,
1: I'm, is, I'm hearing a sound effect in my head right now.
0: Oh god, I'm thinking something from the from the Sandcrawler. Um, from yes, A New Hope. It, 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 yeah. Yep. How many is it? Oh, it's it's it a Gronk two,
1: two, Gronk. Yeah. Yep.
0: It's a Gronk droid. Thank yeah. God.
1: Oh, when, okay. when I first, when I first saw that in the Mandalorian, I was just like, ah, oh, yes, this is real Star Wars. Like, this is yeah. great. Exactly. <laughs> just one there. Oh. all right. All right, go ahead. All
0: uh, right. So let's go to who barks at three CPO. Uh, sorry. C three PO. It's been one of those days. Shut him down or shut. Uh, sorry. Shut him up or shut him down. Mm. Who barks about C3PO? Shut him up or shut him down?
1: Whoa, 50 50 here. I'm going to go with solo. Yeah. Had Whew. to be. Anyone uh, that uh, rude to 3PO? It's got to be. Uh, I could picture Leia saying that as well.
0: Oh, that's true. That's true. But,
1: like, yeah, that's, that, it, it's a very hard thing to say. So I, that's It is. With that one. Um, so, your question. Who, sensing the galaxy wide slaughter of the other Jedi, preemptively kills his military escort? Yoda. Yep.
0: Okay. I was like, is that a trick question? (laughs) In like
1: the least Yoda act ever.
0: Yeah. Quick. Off goes your head. Yeah. Uh, All right. Which two words does Lord Vader utter after he tells the bounty hunters, I want him alive?
1: No disintegrations. Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, um, Keeping in mind, kids, I am actually doing the hard questions on these cards. As I said, terrible.
1: <laughs> Who accurately predicts that little droid is going to cause me a lot of trouble?
0: Luke Skywalker.
1: Yeah. Um, I just thought, like, maybe there was enough ambiguity there that... um. Because uh, I I I feel like a few people say similar lines, similar lines, mm-hmm. and that whole George Lucas makes the movies rhyme kind of thing. But yep, anyway. yes, you're correct.
0: I've got two dick questions, so Ooh. let's see. I know the answer. I knew the answer to one of them, but I had to think about it. Let's see what you got. This is the one that I think I knew. Um, how many credits does Han Solo get in advance to take the rebel heroes to Alderaan? What's the down payment?
1: 15,000?
0: So close. 2,000.
1: Oh, wow. Terrible.
0: Uh, I think 15,000 was the whole trip, though.
1: Uh, okay. Yep. Um, How many horns protrude from the head of the average... Gamorrean Guard. Two. It is two. Oh thank God. I was like, it's gotta be two, right? But I gave you that one because I didn't know the answer myself. Like oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh I have any of there. Uh, I
0: definitely need uh, some 3D printed Gamorian guard. I'm just saying. <laughs> like for my scum and villainy, Wookiees, <laughs> what's up? Give me some Gamorian guards.
1: Give me give me some space orc pigs.
0: Yeah. I want to make that squee
1: pig noise anyway. <laughs> um, and 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 the guy that likes his rancor. Oh yes, rancor. Rancor. absolutely. <laughs> oh, I am so sad for him. <laughs> oh, I man. know. Perfect.
0: You know, there's all those memes about, um, you know, sad movie scenes. Like, did you? You didn't even cry during Titanic. How could you? You know, do you even have feelings? And you know, the the meme version of that is always one Ewok trying to get the dead Ewok to to go and everyone crying. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's the Rancor guy. Anyway. (laughs) All All right. right. Um, Now, this last one, dude, feel free to tell me this is a crap question and it doesn't count. Uh, What term does Qui-Gon Jinn define as life forms living together for mutual advantage? Symbiosis. Um. Say that again.
1: Uh, well, I, I gave you the noun symbiotic. Uh,
0: I'll accept it. Um, it's symbionce. symbionts. S y m b i o n t s. Symbionts.
1: Mm. I'm not sure of that if that is if that is a real word or a made up word with the same
0: yeah. sort of
1: root no. as a real word. I'm, I'm happy to be called wrong on that, but
0: uh, I'm so. happy to say that I would ask you literally any other card on, question out of the other five that we've discarded, and um, yeah, no. No,
1: it's it's I'm I'm fine, I'm fine with that. Um, so is that is that a is that a point or is that is that an yeah? I'll give it to you. Okay. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean,
0: it's like what political offices Palpatine hold at the beginning of the Phantom Menace? Duh, senator. Um, yep. What type of droid typically travels to its destination in a one-way hyperspace pod? Uh,
1: I'll give
0: you a hint. I just painted one. Oh, I should have asked that one.
1: Oh. Ah, yeah. Probe <laughs> droid.
0: Oh, I also painted a medical droid and a probe droid. Anyway, moving on.
1: Um, all I guess right. I have been which, painting stuff.
0: Hmm.
1: Which character was portrayed by Sebastian Saw for a few scenes, a few key scenes? Say that again. Which character was portrayed by Sebastian Shaw for a few key scenes?
0: This is gonna sound okay. My brain has, when I hear Sebastian Shaw, I think the Black King from X Men, and I cannot shake that mental image at the moment. So now I can't think of who the actor is. To
1: Kevin Bacon, uh, yeah, he showed up in Star Wars. He was a, he was, you know, he was one of the Jedi. <laughs>
0: No, I'm thinking the comic Ma- Ma- Sebastian Shaw. Master um, Kevin Bacon, Rad Sideburns. Uh ooh, Sebastian Shaw for a couple of key scenes. Um look, man, I don't even know. Sebastian Shaw. I I'm gonna kick myself. I, I have no idea. I don't I, I don't even have a guess.
1: <laughs> I'll give you a clue, but the clue probably gives it away for you. In the special editions, it's been reduced to one casing. Um.
0: Hmm. Special editions reduced to one scene. Oh, Vader. Yeah. Oh,
1: of course. (laughs) Yes. Um... Yeah, I, I was reading the card and going, I'm pretty sure it's not a few scenes. It's only one scene now. But yeah, he he did play Anakin's Force Ghost originally. He uh, did. That's right. Got, he got replaced by Hayden Christensen. That's right. That's right. Um, So I'm, I'm going to give you the first time ever five for five in that. Oh, I uh, didn't get that. Are you kidding? Are you sure? Yeah.
0: Four and four. You're still one oh. ahead. I definitely Uh-oh. did. I had no no idea. At least when you, I gave you one, it was like you had most of it. And that was ridiculous. <laughs> so, yeah. nah, fine. All right. No problems.
1: Um. All right. So, I, I, that's.
0: Um, Our most successful outing. And I would like yes. to say it's because we had really bad cards. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: anyway. It is it is all fun and I, games. Uh, I'll tell you
1: something. I'll tell you some of the other ones I had, which, oh, yeah. which I omitted. Um, who tells Anakin Skywalker, we will watch your career with great interest? Um, this, um, yeah. Uh, who uses a handheld life form sensor to search for Luke on Hoth? Yeah. Or... or
0: the Tauntaun! Yeah, no.
1: Yeah, the it. Or this one. I wonder if you get this one. What name do rebel pilots more commonly use to refer to a modified T-47 airspeeder? Headhunter. So
0: a headhunter. Oh no, T forty um, seven. T forty
1: seven. Airspeeder. Sorry, it's, what? A, it's it's the first thing you see when you watch our, when, when you listen to our show.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say the air <laughs> the landspeeder, airspeeder, whatever the hell you want to call it, the speeder. Yeah.
1: What's the what's the headhunter T? Is that Z ninety five? Yeah, Z ninety five. Anyway. Which uh, oh sorry, all <laughs> cool, for for our American listeners, Z ninety five. Um, which I I'm. I, I'm pretty sure they just called it a 95 to continue the XYZ sort of tread, all without right. calling it, without you calling it a Z wing, which would have been perhaps too off the nose. But um, yeah, go with that. That's my theory. This sounds like a good I've one. Not, I've not tested that theory ever. Uh, all right. So, um,
0: shall we get up, to our main topic?
1: Yeah, onto the meat of the, the uh, of the discussion. So, uh, continuing with, with our sort of primary uh, mission of looking at different um, formations or battles or campaigns throughout uh, Star Wars stories. Mm -hmm. Um, Tonight we wanted to look at, I think it's it's our first clone, uh, clone uh, conflict discussion. It is. Although
0: there was some clone discussion or there were some um, clone wars discussions with Mimbin. But yes,
1: right. Yeah, but I suppose this is the first time our focus has actually been on a battle from the uh, from the Clone Wars. Correct. Um, I got because we talked a little bit about purge troopers as well, but not as our not, not as our focus. Correct. Um, and so tonight we're um, we're going to be having a closer look at the um, the Galactic Marines, which mm-hmm. Brad's been been working on, Ooh, yeah. or as they were known during the Clone Wars, the Twenty uh, First Corps. Well, that's what they were started as. Well, actually, I hate to well, actually, uh, right off
0: the bat, but I know someone in the audience is. Um, They were originally the the Nova Corps. uh, Wait, did I say that? They were that, Um, but then um, under they they had great success under their leader, um, the clone leader, and they. Joined up with Kiamundi, and in the process, they uh, were redubbed the Imperial Marines. So, uh, or sorry, Galactic Marines. Now I'm getting my uh, universes mixed up. But yeah, uh, they were uh, they were led by uh, uh, Commander Bakara, uh, and they were uh, very specialized clone clone troopers, and we will get into those, I think. Did I just hijack your preamble? No, no, no. That's cool. Okay. So, um, yeah, Jedi General Kiamondi and Clone Marshal Commander CC-1138, a.k.a. Bacara, um, they took the 21, 21st Nova Corps of the Force Sector Army, and they... Uh, pulled them out of that army, and they were made to be an independent unit, and they became known as the Galactic Marines. Um, now they were. Uh, Bakara is was one of the clone leaders that was given special training, uh, like many of the special clones that are featured in the Clone Wars television series. Um, except he was particularly ruthless. Um, he was very hard on his subordinates, and anyone who did not uh, live up to his expectations or his training regimen, and he had one of the strictest training regimens of all the clone units, uh, he would demand that people who washed out uh, request transfer, transfer to other units. And he would only accept and keep the best. Um His Marines were cross-trained to fight on a variety of environments, uh, both in ground and in space, which made them very versatile. Uh, And that is why they were called Galactic Marines. They were um, not only were they sort of harsh environment troopers, they were they could also fight on spaceships Uh, and they specialized in boarding actions and capturing uh, enemy starships as well as planetary assaults. Uh, and they were involved, apparently, in many campaigns, although we very rarely see them on screen. Um, and we will get to where they appear in a second uh, in our big battle discussion. Uh, but the the Marines were cross-trained um, largely in three phases. The first one was just general physical conditioning. They were uh, they were in peak physical shape, and they were constantly drilled to keep that performance at high efficiency. Um, they had underwater and in space uh, shipboarding training, which I thought was really interesting. It wasn't just spaceships; they were also trained in traditional naval and underwater uh, boarding actions, which is pretty cool. Uh, and you, it's, it's sorry, surprising how
1: often it's surprising how often. Sort of waterborne uh, or naval conflicts come up in Star Wars. Like mm-hmm. um, there are a few of them. It's, but it seems like it would be a redundant form of combat in in that in the galaxy. But it it,
0: it happens. It is, yeah. Um, and the third phase was um marksmanship training, and apparently that is where quite a few uh, washed out if they could not be perfect with their targeting. Um, now, they were they trialed out a lot of new technology. For example, at the Battle of Bornalex, um, they used a prototype uh, space trooper power suit. Um, but apparently, the weapon systems for the suit failed, leaving the Marines without any weapons to battle B2 super battle droids. Uh, and so, uh, Bakara, not wanting to pull back and admit defeat, ordered his troops forward. And they defeated the super battle droids in hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> um, using the enhanced strength of the power suits and their training, um, but it earned them a fierce reputation, and they became one of the Republic's apparently most feared clone military units. Um, and of course, we see Commander Bakara actually on screen. Uh, he is literally the gentleman in the in the armor who orders. The Galactic Marines to then gun down Kiamundi after Order sixty-six is given, uh, and we will get to that in one sec. Um, Drew, did you want to talk about that conflict, or do we want to continue to talk about Galactic Marines?
1: Um, Should we I talk suppose... about
0: where you get them?
1: What do you mean, like the
0: as in the
1: models? Um, let's uh, let's give it. Let's give it a bit more background first got it because the the battle we wanted to focus on um well campaign we wanted to focus on mm-hmm. focus on was the uh, battle for uh Magito, that's right which and so um or well, the campaign for Magito lasted about three years so that, which is most of the um uh, clone wars conflict mm-hmm. and there were several key battles but really there's only two that get um a lot of a lot of information um, and the first, sorry, the, the third battle, um, of Megito, mm-hmm. um, it's not really what, what we want to focus on here because the, um, the Nova Corps don't appear there. Um, although of interest, I thought was that, um, um, Caleb Dune does appear during the third battle for Megito, mm-hmm. um, who, who listeners may know eventually changes his name to, uh, Kanan Jarrus, and joins the rebellion uh, in Rebels. Uh, he's in the third battle. Oh. The fourth battle for Magito um, is the one that we see in in Revenge of the Sith, where the Novacor are fighting. So Magito is a um, uh, is a very uh, wealthy planet, and it's rich in uh, its its primary resource is energy crystals, which I think. In the old legends, possibly, um, possibly were Kyber crystals. Bots. Yes. Uh, but not in the current canon, they're not. Correct. Um, but so Majito is a world that is uh, occupied by the uh, the Separatists, primarily by the moon um, as part of the intergalactic banking clan. And so uh, they hold the world, they hold its resources, and its wealth is said to rival that of Coruscant.
0: And a lot of the wealth that is stored there is stored there because, um, because it is so far from the Galactic Core. Um, it is difficult to levy tax on uh, funds that are there. And so not only is the planet rich in resources, it was uh, essentially a, um, a safety deposit world, a safety deposit box world for the Banking Clan. And they just kept all of their, their, their ill-gotten gains there.
1: Um, another another tidbit which I, I think is is legends now, um, not necessarily canon, was that um, because Majito was a was occupied by the moon, uh, the uh, it's the birth world of uh, Darth Plagueis, who is a moon, um, and so I don't know if that's that's I don't think that's canon anymore, but I thought it was just interesting to read that that's where he came from.
0: I haven't read the Darth Plagueis novel, although I am very tempted to do that uh, soon because I keep I keep reading more and more about Darth Plagueis and I know very little about him. So other than there's a tragedy and it changes his yeah. mind. <laughs> He's wise, I hear. Yes. So the the, the Battle of Megiddo, um the. As you, as you mentioned, there are many battles, but the overall conflict over the planet uh, is one of the longest in the Clone Wars full stop. Um, now, it has been reported that it was, and of course this is not real timeline gang, so it's hard to tell, um, but it has been reported as the battle being two years or three years long, um, which in the scale of the Clone Wars is one of the longest battles, if not the longest running battle of the conflict full stop period, whatever you want to say. Yeah. So, um, now it is speculated. One of the reasons why galactic Marines slash Nova Corps, um, however you want to refer them to them in this conflict. Um, one of the reasons why they were not more prolific in the other clone war conflicts was because they were on, they were taking part in the battle of Magito the whole time or, for a good chunk of the time, and that tore up their numbers, um, and it kept them sort of isolated on that one planet, Uh, and so that is why they weren't seen in more places. Although we do see other clone units in that battle. Um, Palpatine does throw quite a few uh, very famous clone units in there. The 501st, for example, uh, very famously sneak in uh, to get some... uh, some technology and some resources that were later uh, used to create the death star. And that was under the nose of Kia Mundi who actually took part in the assault and uh, with the 501st. Uh, and it has been the subject of many fan fiction um, slash video games that both that conflict and the fact that the clones realized that, Oh, we can beat slash fool the Jedi. And if we can fool the Jedi, we can win. So, yeah, there you go. That was mm. Um So,
1: in terms of the, in terms of the the clone, sorry, the droid operations on Magito, we don't know a lot. Um, and usually, for these sorts of conversations, you pick one side, I pick the other side, and we talk about um, what was going on during the conflict and for that side and how we get that on the tabletop. Right. Um, we don't know a lot about the droid forces that were there. And to be honest, we probably don't find out a lot about specific droid forces in any conflict because they, they tend to just get depicted as uh, a horde of, of, uh, B ones and B twos. Yeah. And, um, they, they don't individually, they get minimal characterization, but as formations, they get even less, um, and so it's hard to talk about which particular units or, or fo- forces were fighting for the droids. Uh, what we do know is that uh, a little bit about some of the, um, the heavier equipment they brought with them. And so um, besides your bulk of B1s and B2s, um, I, I only just thought of the, the reference to bananas which I was there, but um, anyway. <laughs> yes. Um, that's, that's not an important aside for, for our international listeners. No. So I'll move on from there. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, we have, um, I guess, things that would be feasible to represent on a Star Wars Legion tabletop. Um, we have the, uh, uh, the DSD-1 dwarf spider droids present at the battle. Um, those don't exist yet for Star Wars Legion. The, the droids themselves are about three meters in size. Um, and so, I think that is something we will definitely see for Star Wars Legion at some stage. That seems like something that is within the, within the scale of the game, um, and you would be silly not to release that at, at some point. Exactly. Uh, I guess for now, if you had yourself a printed dwarf spider dwarf d- dwarf spider droid, you could probably get away with calling it um, a droidica. Mm-hmm. They're they're a bit bigger than droidicas, but Sort of, it probably fits within the same sort of scale. Um, you also have uh, Tridroids, and I've been really struggling with the uh, the name for the Tridroids, which is sort of based on octopus, but I'm not I'm not going to try to say it again. Um, <laughs> nice. There, <laughs> there are two types of Tridroids. We have the sort of smaller, um, uh, sort of slightly bigger than human-sized ones, which jump around a bit, uh, and then we have the larger uh, magma held uh, magma tri droids which are much much bigger sort of more than 10 meters in size right both kind of three-legged um tripody droids um the magma tri would be difficult to represent in game given that they're about twice the size uh or rather their, their main dimension is twice that of the big tanks so they would be way too big i think to sort of use in a standard game
0: However, the, a wrecked one would be excellent for
1: terrain. Yeah, find yourself a big ball and some legs, and you could you could do that. Um, uh, but the the smaller ones, again, I'm not sure what you'd call them. Maybe, maybe B2s, maybe steps, because they're I think they are quite mobile. They're quite, mm. um, quite agile. Um, I haven't seen many of those existing as 3D prints.
0: I much. believe there are a couple on Thingiverse.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, McNutty um, might make
1: one. Okay. Um, Sorry. The other one that, that the other thing that sort of featured in the army and is. It's hard to say whether this should be released by um, Fantasy Flight Games. The Persuader class uh, droid forces, which are those tanks that we see in the Battle of Kashyyyk in um, mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith with the single big tread through the middle of the tank. Yeah. Um, and those are prevalent on Megiddo as well. Those are about the same size as an ATP. So if you've got yourself a uh, Persuader-class Enforcer, they i have definitely seen 3D prints for those and they're about the same size as an ATP. So you could feasibly just get away with using that as an ATP for now. Um, If Fantasy Flight think it's worthwhile releasing a second big tank for the Droid Army, then they might do that.
2: Mm.
1: Probably makes sense to do that. Um, Though I'm not sure how many big tanks people are using uh, at the moment, so maybe they wouldn't. Who knows? But those those are the sorts of things that I would try to include in my my army. Um, The other thing I would do for this force would be to... um, Lean heavily into the terrain, which uh, for Majito is probably big crystals and snow and ice,
0: and well, also ruined urban centers. Um, yeah, there's quite a lot of discussion. Um, if you read fanfic about the Battle of Majito, there's a lot of um, sort of room by room, floor by floor, urban combat happening. Uh, as well. And there's ruined towers with broken windows in the background of the scene in Revenge of the Sith. And so you just get the idea of, you know, bridges, urban environment, uh, wrecked buildings, broken glass everywhere. Uh, it's sort of not what you would typically expect from a Star Wars uh, battlefield, um, but you could have something that looks really good.
1: Yeah. Um, we just, you see quite a few urban battlefields in the clone wars animated series true i said i've not not, they're not all of them but there are a couple there Mm. um it's certainly not in the movies that's probably just a a, um an expense thing really Mm. yeah exactly (laughs) um but so whilst i wasn't able to talk very specifically about a droid force for this battle um you have been thinking about it and indeed got ahead and built most of one yourself brad so why don't you tell us about them
0: Okay, so when I started my Galactic Marine Army, it was uh, it was a long time ago. And not a lot of things existed for galactic marines. And so I literally built a galactic marine army out of snowtroopers, And uh, they were painted by the wonderful Andy Singleton from Volley Fire Painting Service. Um, he's got a hell of a backlog, plus COVID, slowdowns, and everything else. Um, now, he did paint the entire army for me way back when. Um, but when I realized that I could use it for the Clone Wars, i.e. when the clone set came out a year ago... Um, I very slowly took my time and around, may have even been January of this year, uh, I converted up, or February, I converted up a, uh, a stack of special weapons troopers. Uh, I converted up using the Bark Speeder Gunner. I used the, that rocket launcher. Um, I got a weapons pack from Shapeways, so I was able to get a couple of rotary cannons, um, and some of the DLT rifles uh, that could be used for the, you know, DL, uh, DLT 19s. And so I got them all set up and converted snowtroopers to be carrying these weapons because they normally don't. Uh, I also got a Commander Bakara model, which is made by, there's, so there's two, um, there's a, an official Bakara that looks, that is literally the pose out of Revenge of the Sith, sort of in a weird crouching position. Um, which always looks strange to look at, but is how he's standing in the movie, uh, and I have that <laughs> model painted for, by. Um, it's at Andy right now with the specialist uh, Galactic Marines, and that is uh, from Shapeways from Mel's Miniatures, uh, but now Darkfire Designs, um, and you can get their stuff through Gootsy. Uh, Gootsy, I don't think I've ever said that word out loud on Etsy, uh, but yeah. Fantastic stuff. They are sort of new for me. I don't have any of their models yet. But Darkfire Designs not only makes a unit of generic galactic marines, so you can go out and get a galactic marine army. Now, Snowtroopers and galactic marines are very similar in appearance, but they are different. So now mine are glorified Snowtroopers. From, Galacti- Sorry, from uh, Darkfire Designs, you can actually get Galactic Marines proper with the right everything, uh, and they all look fantastic. Uh, but they also have special weapon troopers. So a uh, local f- uh, friend of the show uh, is printing off some specialist troopers for me um, because even if Andy has my Marines next, and I think he actually might— Um, it will be at least six or seven weeks before I see them, given COVID shipping and everything else. So not wanting to wait once we reopen, uh, which will be in hopefully three or four weeks, I'm hoping to have a Galactic Marine Army on the tabletop to play Drew the day we can. Uh, (laughs) And so I have three chain guns and four DLT troopers literally in the mail in Melbourne right now. I'm hoping to get them tomorrow. Uh, and then I can paint match them to my Galactic Marines now. And it is my intention to use them as uh, phase two clone troopers. Uh, now, that makes sense given the elite nature of the cl- these particular clones. Um, and I'll get into the force and how I'm going to use them in a bit. Now, I have said again and again that I, one of the things that I really want them to come out with for the clone era, I mean, it was just the same as the Galactic War era way back when. What I really wanted are generic heroes. I don't necessarily want named heroes. And though, you know, don't get me wrong, Cad Bane looks cool and Padme's great. I really wanted a generic Jedi uh, and or generic, um, you know, clone droid leader. And I'm hoping that we're gonna get some of those in the specialist packs, which are gonna be coming out, you know, in January. But more to the point, I really hope we get a generic Jedi at some point, because I really want a generic Jedi that I can tool up to use as Kia Mundi. Um, now, Mel's Miniatures makes one. Uh, I I don't know if I really like, necessarily, the look of that one. Um, but there's another company that is relatively new to the scene called Black Remnant, and they apparently make, as part of a Jedi pack, a uh, ki Mundi as well. And he looks pretty cool. So they both look great. Um, I'm trying to figure out which one I want uh, and which one I will get next. Uh, but once I have that, I'm hoping to use, if I don't have a generic profile, I will use uh, Ben Kenobi because both Kenobi and uh, Ki-Adi-Mundi are both Jedi Masters. And going off of what we're hearing about the Anakin pack coming with disadvantages and his rage and everything else, I'm probably not going to use Ki-Adi-Mundi for that. He was, he seemed a little too level-headed uh, for that sort of behavior. So it's probably just <laughs> going to be uh, a clone of Obi-Wan rules-wise.
1: Um, no, I like the use of your term, uh, level-headed there. Because <laughs> hey, if you can, if you don't know what, Keanu, when he looks like he's anything but level-headed, he's got a giant dome. Yeah,
0: egghead. Uh, and, uh, of course, for Bakara, I'm going to use Rex. Uh, I already have the Rex model. I will be doing that. Now, uh, my force will be made up of primarily galactic marines. As I said, I will be, uh, I'll be using them as phase twos, and so that means I will probably be using a lot of Z6 uh, Gatling Cannon troopers. Uh, with my force because I don't have any mortars but we will see uh, I am damn tempted to get a pack of arc troopers to go with them because uh, I think not I think it'll just be fun and will add to the elite uh, theme of the army
1: that's Plus, if, they, if, sorry, they have known for, if they're known for boarding actions then surely they would have some uh some jet packs uh on hand yeah,
0: well, I was actually thinking of g- actually just getting ARC troopers and putting ARCs with them because there were lots of units of clones on uh, Magito, uh, and they look, uh, basically, Palpatine had a plan to get uh, the Jedi away from the uh, from the temple, and it was it was to send as many Jedis as he could to the Outer Rim, uh, as part of. Uh, oh, God. Now it's it's the triad of evil, which, uh, which were three planets that the Separatists controlled that he wanted uh, as many Jedi and as m- many forces loyal to the Jedi out of Coruscant, away from the inner um, circle of planets and out as far as they would go um, where they could be eliminated piecemeal, which they were with Order 66 in general.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so, yeah. And incidentally... Uh, <laughs> It's been described uh, as Bakara basically not even breaking a sweat and just saying, all right, gun them down, let's go. Uh, (laughs) Zero loyalty to the Jedi. But, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm thinking generally I'm going to be using Phase 2 clones as my Galactic Marines. I am guessing I'm going to be using a lot of Gatling cannons. And I'm also uh, anticipating using a lot of environmental gear uh, to represent their... Uh, specialized armor and the material that it's made out of. And I'm also planning on uh, using, because there's a lot of urban environments, probably putting some Gatling hooks on there as well. Oh, the, the
1: Ascension cables?
0: Yeah, the Ascension cables, sorry. Um, no. So that's I think that's where I'm going with it. Now, we did have a request uh, by Mark Dog. Hey, Mark. Um, who wanted me to come up with an actual army list? Um, I am not quite there yet. Uh, sorry, I due to shut down. I just need to play some games. I need to get back into list building. Uh, I know that I can play online. It's just not my bag, baby. I'm, instead, I'm just getting my hobby on. But I'm super keen to have the Galactic Marines out there with their, you know, unique visor with the sin mesh uh, to keep out the different hazards, and then. Of course, if they have those outfits, I think they should have. I mean, you have the snow troopers have that built in their rules, which is why they're slow. Um, but for this, if I was to use these guys as phase two, I think I absolutely have to pay for environmental gear. So I think that, is, that makes sense. That's the big takeaway for me. Um, and look, I, I'm super excited to put. Galactic Marines on the table as a force. I think it's just a very cool, different-looking clone army. Uh, and, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I need to get some clone specialists. Um, I'll need to... Now, I do know that there are a couple of companies that sell... I believe Mel's Miniatures do, and possibly Skullforged sell uh, either Galactic Marines or Snowtrooper heads... Um, Mel's makes the galactic marine heads. So if I can get a pack of those and then get creative with perhaps um, the clone specialist box, which I already own, there could be some interesting hobby conversion ideas in there that I could do as well, as well as um, when the clone specialists come out uh, in January. So that's, that's generally where I'm going with this. Anyway.
1: They're looking really cool. Um, and again, it's just really nice to see some uh, some differently flavored uh, forces.
0: Yeah, and I table. don't know if I really want to throw five flamethrowers on or four flamethrowers on a tabletop again. I, that felt a little <laughs> dirty, and I know that was the table and the dice, but that still felt bad.
1: Yeah, uh, it is what it is, man. Yeah? Like anyway. <laughs>
0: Uh, but yeah, so that's that's really my enthusiasm for this. Um, but that's really i I painted up a Yoda to go along with these guys uh, because I didn't have a Ki Mundi, and they were they did support other Jedi in other uh, conflicts. Uh, in fact, there was another order sixty six uh, galactic marine um, situation where there was a small detachment of galactic Marines. Um, led by galactic marine uh, keller uh and they then the jedi got away uh and keller was none too pleased about it but they basically shut down the planet for quite a while and um basically put the planet under martial law as they were hunting down the jedi and that was a comic at some point but yeah, it is Galactic Marine appearances are very thin and far between. Uh, as far as the screen goes, they were, of course, in Revenge of the Sith famously for about one minute, <laughs> 30 seconds. And then they were in literally five seconds of the Clone Wars. Um, there was a flash in one of the battles of you know how they do the newsreel introductions to that show where they show troops fighting in different parts of the battlefield where there were galactic marines i think with flamethrowers um i i think it was in one of the battles of geonosis and it was just going wow they don't have those (laughs) weapons and okay (laughs) sure uh but yeah early days but yeah fun now i I do hear some people in the background saying, but Brad, you haven't talked about vehicles yet. You haven't talked about saber tanks. You haven't talked... And yes, there, there have been, in Wikipedia, there are discussions of galactic marines using various walkers, tanks, bark speeders, uh, all of those things as part of their formation. Yeah, I, I'm sure I'll get a, a saber tank at some point because, my God, does it look cool. But Drew's got one, and uh, I really wanted to focus on having a force that is f- uh, for boarding actions. I-, I really like that idea. I do have the ruined spaceship uh, terrain, and so for me, I, I think that's where I'm going to start with, and we'll see where we end up. And I should mention that I, sh- I do have some basic um, phase one clones that I might paint up a unit or two of basic white clones. Um, Might be fun to just clear my palette and paint some of those because I do like painting white. Um, To go with these guys, uh, A, for a cheaper drop in an otherwise really elite army, but also to add a little variety to the force um, and just have them fighting alongside a generic uh, clone unit or two. I don't know. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Might be fun.
1: I suppose one thing that that is prominent in the, the scene from um, from Revenge of the Sith is that there is a, a UTAT with the um, right with the Nova Corps, which is the uneven terrain artillery transport. That's right. For, which is is like big. I, th- I think it's actually uh, a, a um, an antigrav platform, not a walker, but I can't quite oh, tell. Is it? it's, it's, Hmm. Yeah, it it either has lots of antigrav panels or lots of little legs. Almost like um the luggage for anyone that reads uh, Terry Pratchett. Uh <laughs> nice, just yeah. giant and with guns on its back. Um I did look I did look into that to see sort of how how that could be integrated into the game, but it's it's about thirty meters in length. Yeah, no. And way too big for Legion scale without sort of building a scenario around it or using it as just terrain, um, which which would look good against, say, uh, an NTT, the multi troop transport, that uh, vehicle that just rolls up and deploys sort of a, a whole Legion army's worth of worth of droids at once.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, again, they're about 20, 30 meters in length and too big for the game. Um, so unless you made a scenario around those two vehicles... Um, because they'd need a fair bit of maneuvering room and and rules to represent them, but they wouldn't really sort of fit nicely into the rules as they are right now. But if you could get those two vehicles and and at least set them up as terrain, they'd look really cool um, just to sort of set the battlefield. Absolutely, man.
0: Yeah. Again, everyone seems to be doing Felicia bases, but, you know, I think this is – as iconic I mean literally it's it's got a, the same amount of screen time in the same scene of the movie and you'd go uh, <laughs> how about we do this instead for a change uh, and don't get me wrong pretty colors I get it but I think this is uh, this is an underrepresented battle on the tabletop and uh, I'm super looking forward to having a force I mean I am the guy who has a Mimbin stormtrooper army yes <laughs> so I guess I like those like obscure five second glimpses into
1: battlefields. Uh, and just going from there, but yeah, good stuff. We'll, we'll... Let's see how many how many minutes of uh, well, how many armies you can produce from as, as few frames of uh, of of uh, video as possible.
0: Well, man, I, I that's how I felt when I looked at Galactic Marines and then looked at the Clone Wars cartoon. I was like, surely there's an episode somewhere in here. Nope. Nope. Damn it. <laughs> anyway,
1: seven on... seasons. That's all you got. Come yeah. On. Come
0: on. Uh, that said, I am very excited that um, – what uh, what's the Dirty Dozen unit that's in the most recent – Oh, the Bad Batch? Yeah, the Bad Batch. I love that uh, Skullforge has come out with the Bad Batch. Uh, that is so cool. Yeah. Now that, you know, there's – So many rad little Star Wars links uh, units and characters are now appearing on uh, the Star Wars Legion tabletop. It It's just – yeah, it's a really exciting time to play the game. So very cool. Now, Drew, I, I think that is everything for today. Uh, would you like to say anything else before uh, we say goodbye this fine evening?
1: Um, just, I, I, I suppose, just affirm that we, we do plan to keep uh, producing episodes uh, beyond the first marker. Yes. Um, and we do apologize for the, uh, the sort of unintended hiatus for the last couple of months. Um, it's just been a a very sort of emotionally draining time and I'm sure the same go for everyone. Um, but I, I, I hope that everyone's safe. I hope that everyone is, uh, is showing some empathy for one another, um, because everyone's going through something different. Um, if we just sort of listen to each other, um, look out for each other, be kind to each other. I think that's the most important thing right now. Well said, sir. Well said.
0: I guess that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of uh, Beyond the First Marker, I guess this is Drew Baca and Low Brad saying good night and good luck. Thank you for listening. For more information about the topics discussed in today's episode, please find our Facebook page by searching for Beyond the First Marker. Please message us there if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions that will help us improve the quality of this show. Until next time,